0: Irish Radio. Well, there is a brand new ten-part series called uh, #DeadToMe on the Crime and Investigation Channel. It's on Monday nights, nine o'clock, available on Sky One Five Six and Virgin One Three Three, and also uh, the Crime and Investigation play is on the Apple uh, App Store, Google Play Store for Android, and Fire TV. And to talk about this today, we have criminologist Dr. Honor Doro Townsend, who is a contributor to this particular series. Uh, you're very welcome to the show.
1: Oh, thank you so much for having me.
0: This really, I mean, this tells the shocking stories of 10 people from the UK and also Ireland who mm-hmm. were brutally murdered by their own partners. So, number one, is it isn't hard to believe that we can actually make a TV series because there are so many of these cases?
1: Yeah, unfortunately. And I think as well, what's also shocking is that a lot of the cases I don't imagine people will be aware of. Uh, Almost because they didn't make the press at the time, because unfortunately, these types of murders can be so common.
0: Yeah, yeah. So the first episode centred around Terry Lawrence, her mother had heard that something had happened in their area. Um, You know, she heard there'd been some drama. Little did she know that it was going to be concerning her own daughter who'd been murdered. And it's it's just heartbreaking, the clip of her saying, you know, how she went around to the house. And you can imagine this. She saw police everywhere and a tent outside her own daughter's house. I can't imagine what that must have been like for that family.
1: No, and I I think... No one can or even really wants to imagine, but it's so important that we're able to tell those stories and hear from those family members too. And of course, her
0: life was taken by a partner. There's an episode as well that we might just touch on, um, on the murder of Jennifer Poole in Finglas mm-hmm. here in Dublin, uh, where we are. The mother of two was only 24 when she was murdered by Gavin Murphy in her own apartment in 2021. We'll all be really familiar with this story because, you know, we're living in Ireland and she'd been in a relationship with him for, I think it was less than a year when he killed her and the family discovered for the first time in court how he'd had a history of violence against women and he'd actually been jailed for two years Mm -hmm. for attacking a former partner. Um, He got a mandatory life sentence for Jennifer Poole's murder. So... I guess from your point of view um, as a criminologist, is this something that, you know, normally is there a history there beforehand of violence when, when we come across these kind of uh, horrific murders?
1: Yeah, so there, there's a lot of research on this. And in almost all cases, uh, you see a pattern of um Uh, Either coercive controlling behaviour, domestic abuse and violence. Um, Where there isn't that, oftentimes it's because the perpetrator maybe hasn't had a serious relationship prior to this one. Uh, But almost all cases that end in domestic homicide, there is this pattern of uh, abuse and coercive control. Uh, prior to the relationship and during the beginning of the relationship too
0: so what will be examples then of coercive control we We hear the the term kind of thrown around, but could you give us a couple of examples of how to recognize that
1: so what you see throughout the series is a, a number of examples of how that can be displayed, and a lot of the time it can be it can be physical things in terms of restricting what your partner wears or where they go or who they spend time with. Uh, sometimes it's reducing their uh, individualism and their freedom. So it might be a partner who, you know, if you call and talk to a friend, you know that that partner is going to be listening in or uh, making comments throughout uh, in a negative way. Uh, Someone who is, their their independence is really restricted by that person. But it does display in a number of forms. And uh, I think across the 10 episodes, you see that play out in very different ways through these relationships.
0: You know what was interesting as well, uh, Dr. Honor, is that a lot of the times the families were unaware that this was happening, and it was only when they got to court when they heard all the various stories they they were shocked that that all this was happening under their nose and they didn't they didn't spot it
1: yeah, and that's because the people who are perpetrating these kind of crimes are very manipulative um so for instance, in the the case of Jennifer Poole that you mentioned, um, Jennifer was unaware of uh, her Her partner at the Times passed at murphy 's past um he'd told her that he'd been living away in Spain and working over there, and she had no idea that in actual fact he'd been spending time in prison for for previous crimes
0: and this is why I guess the Poole family are now campaigning for jenny 's law to be introduced in Ireland because I know in the u k you have claire 's law. Can you tell mm-hmm. us what claire 's law is
1: yeah so claire 's law is uh, essentially a, a disclosure scheme um and it's considered the right to know so basically if you yourself or uh, someone that you know it could be a family member a friend or even a neighbor um, you can apply to the police through Claire's law for information about uh, that person's past in relation to any convictions or warnings to do with domestic abuse and violence Um, and so it means that because unfortunately sometimes when you're in relationships that are uh controlling it's not always as easy to tell you know uh, they say that with uh rose tinted spectacles, red flags become more difficult to spot, but Claire's law at least enables other people in your life who may be concerned to try and find that information. Uh, It's not always going to be helpful because not everyone has a conviction. Uh, It doesn't mean that they're not going to be abusive or violent, but it would potentially stop a lot of cases, you know, especially in Jenny's case. We know that she would never have entered that relationship with Murphy had she known of his very serious and violent past.
0: Particularly, you know, being a mother of two as well, you'd want to protect your children from that as well. Exactly.
1: But if someone is lying and manipulating from the very beginning, uh, it would be very difficult to uh, even be aware of that, to, to think, to check. But at least if there were a law in place, there would be an option to do so.
0: I think as well, some of the partners who end up, you know, uh, doing this, I think they can often at the beginning of the relationship, they're very full on. They're so romantic and they're doing all these lovely things for you. And maybe in previous relationships, you were never sent the flowers or you were never brought on a date night or something. And you start to think, God, this is this is amazing. And then it just changes. It can just change Mm -hmm. so quickly.
1: Yeah. So again, in that in that research, uh, it was a really seminal research done by Dr. Jane Moncton Smith on this exact sort of scenario, and um, one of the early signs that you do see is that a lot of these relationships develop very quickly into serious relationships, uh, and involve you know what's commonly called love bombing, uh, and then coercive controlling behaviours start to set in, and uh, what we refer to throughout the series is something called a trigger. Uh, And when those triggers happen, that can be either someone trying to end the relationship. uh, It could be financial difficulties. It could be, you know, arguments, very like many, many different things. Uh, But when the perpetrator starts to feel that control that they've been working on is being threatened. That's when it can become particularly dangerous uh, for potential escalation of violence.
0: A number of the episodes are about people who met online. And I think we all have that kind of in, in the back of our, our minds. We kind of think, oh, you don't know anything about them when they're online. And that's that's kind of how we do our research now, isn't it? We go onto their their Facebook or their Instagram or whatever. We try to kind of suss out a person. But... A lot of these cases were people who actually met that way.
1: Yeah. And, you know, a lot of people do meet that way now. And uh, it's not to say that that is an inherently dangerous way to meet people. But it is being aware because people can filter uh, what information you're going to be getting online. Uh, And it does raise a bigger question of whether uh, these platforms, especially dating platforms, have a responsibility uh, to ensure not only that people are who they're saying they are online, but uh, that they're not dangerous too. Can I just mention as well the Keith Bettison
0: uh, story as well, which is in episode eight. And the fact that they've been married for decades with a teenage daughter, apparently living this happy life. But it was only when the daughter moved away to university that everything seemed to just implode, the relationship imploded and... It ended in a murder. We were mentioned there about these are normally new enough relationships. There's somebody who was married for years.
1: Yeah, and I do think that one's an unusual one for that reason. But you do see um, escalation of violence and abuse in older populations. And there are statistics recently that are showing that a large number of victims of domestic violence are people over 60. Um, So it does happen. And I think what the example with Keith Petterson is that I mentioned a trigger point before, but I think there's a number of trigger points here because uh, their relationship dynamic changes very quickly when their daughter moves away. Uh, They also hit financial difficulties. There's escalation of verbal abuse between them. Uh, The marriage is breaking down. There's also elements of substance abuse happening through uh, excessive drinking. And so I think uh, a lot of these things sort of compile into a a melting pot of uh, a very dangerous situation ultimately.
0: Just to to wrap up, Dr. Honor, true crime, I mean, it's it's such a a popular genre. It's kind of awful to say that in a way, but it it really Mm. is when it comes to books and TV shows and, you know, all the various series on the streaming platforms, podcasts as well. Uh, Why do you think we're so intrigued by true crime and you think that it's good in a way to get the stories out there because we're creating awareness as well?
1: Well yeah I think you know when you speak to family members um, which I have done because we've also as part of Hashtag Dead to Me we have a companion podcast uh, which I'm hosting and I'm actually getting the opportunity to speak to the family members and a lot of the time they are saying that they want to create awareness because they've experienced these unimaginable woes and they want to help prevent anyone else from having to feel what they feel. Um, but I think we are all fascinated. Of course we are. It's the ultimate extreme of human behaviour um, to be able to behave like that. And we also all want to protect ourselves.
0: Okay. Well, thank you very much for your time. There is criminologist Dr. Honor Doro Townsend. She is a contributor on the brand new 10-part series called Hashtag to
1: Me on the Crime and Investigation channel. Thanks so much. Thank you. It's Ireland's Kids Radio.